Welcome to the Ready Eddy Podcast, where we tell the story of startups in the outdoor sport industry through the voice of their founders. What's going on, guys? Before we get into today's podcast episode, I wanted to give you a quick update on the Ready Eddy membership program. To this point, we've grown to have thousands of products from up-and-coming startups and small businesses in the outdoor travel and lifestyle space on the platform. You can save up to 50% off all of these products, anything from skis to jackets to food bars to supplements. Anything you could think of to support your outdoor activities is on the platform from small up-and-coming brands. It's a great opportunity to support small businesses while also discovering brands that you've never heard of. You can show off the new gear to your friends and also save a ton while doing it. If you're interested in checking it out, head over to readyeddy.com slash members to get your first month free. What is going on, Ready Eddy Podcast listeners? Josh Salvo here, your host. On today's episode, I'm sitting down with the founder of Mishmitakin, Kapil Singh. Kapil, thanks so much for taking the time to chat with me. Hey, Josh, it's a pleasure to talk to you. Awesome. Okay, so Mishmitakin, how would you best describe your business as someone who's never heard of it before? So, <laughs> so, so we are a uh, high-performance outdoor gear brand. Uh, and uh, basically, I, I started the business in 2013. Um, actually, I started when my daughter was born. One month, one week uh, after she was born, I resigned from my job uh, and wanting to start something. And then a short while later, I was in the in the Mishmi Hills in uh, in India in Indian Himalayas, um, and. Uh, as as I was hiking there, I got uh, caught in a uh, downpour, and then I realized that you know the the waterproof gear that I had, which used to work very well in um, in US in Boston, uh, wasn't that great uh, in those environments there, and that kind of uh, got me started, and uh, uh, and it and another factor which. Uh, which uh, pro- uh, prodded me was that hey the Indian market was expanding fast and we, I, I saw that good gear around and I said oh this looks like a good opportunity um, so so I started Mishmi Takin the name the name comes from the Mishmi Hills where the idea came from and Takin is a uh, is a rare goat antelope found in the in the in, in those uh, regions um, between India, Myanmar, and China. So that's why the, the name came uh, as Mishmitakin. And the idea was that uh, I was going to make gear which is, uh, which is basically optimized for more hot and humid climate and uh, which breathes so well that it actually works even in those conditions. So that was the the germ of the initial idea and uh, and that's what we have been focusing upon so so mishmita again makes uh, uh, high performance high quality products uh, boots and waterproof jackets and soft shells which the and the focus being on making them more breathable um, so yeah so in short that's what uh, we are trying to do 
Did you have any kind of background in manufacturing or sort of prototyping uh, jackets and footwear? Or did you kind of just be like, okay, I am aware that there is a hole in the market here and I need to figure out a way uh, to create a high quality product, both in the footwear and also active wear category? So, no, I did not have any background <laughs> in that area. <laughs> uh, so, so my background is actually in supply chain. Uh, so that's, uh, I, did, I did my, so I, um, I have a bachelor's in civil engineering, and, and then I did my master's from MIT in uh, supply chain. And that's what I was working on, uh, like consulting for seven, eight years, and then I lived in West Africa for a while again, uh, doing supply chain. So, so that was my background. And uh, uh, basically, while doing all this, I have been into hiking and trekking. And like when I was living in Boston, I, I used to go up hiking in the White Mountains in New Hampshire. And that was uh, that was uh, so basically my experience was more as a user, as a consumer of the products, and not necessarily as a product designer or developer or anything like that. Uh, so when I had this idea that you know this is something that I want to do, so I, I basically drew upon my experience as a as a consumer and also my supply chain background. So. Um, because I have been in supply chain, so it was not like not exactly terrifying for me, for example, to think of going to to find factories who could do things like this, or you know, so so yeah, so I was I was okay with doing that part, and and I guess I just dove into it and uh, learned as much as I could about the different products and uh, the different, um, for example, waterproof membranes and the different technologies. And uh, and then I had the good sense to find great designers and, and great factories, So which, which made things a whole lot easier for me. So the whole journey of prototyping the um, outerwear and the footwear took about two years until you launched the Kickstarter, right? Yes, yes. It took a long time. And uh, as I said, because I had absolutely no background, so I was essentially learning from uh, scratch. I mean, I, I mean, my, <laughs> it's a little bit funny. My wife laughs about it, you know, is that, you know, me who pays no attention to clothing, who doesn't, I didn't even like, I couldn't recognize a polyester from nylon. <laughs> so, <laughs> so then and I get into, okay, I'm going to, I'm, you know, my design sense is like color sense is so poor. So, and I get into, I'm going to design, you know, high performance apparel. Yeah, great idea. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, so I, I started basically from scratch learning things and, <clears throat> Uh, uh, so that took a long time. And then like everybody says that, you know, like pretty much the, the conception is that everything is made in China. Uh, so I promptly packed my bags and went to China uh, looking for factories. And, you know, I, I, I talked to a number of vendors. We did an initial design. Um, and uh, so so I got some samples made and we, they actually looked pretty good. Uh, uh, Looks-wise, they were good. But then I gave them for field testing. So we went into field testing, and uh, and they 
they failed prominent like they failed promptly you know it didn't take them long to fail and that was like oh you know this is not this is this is not done and um, so that was a that was a setback and also a i mean a good thing um, so that made me completely reorient how i was doing things i think i wasted around 6 to 9 months in this whole process of uh, going to china and uh, uh, doing the prototyping there and then i dumped the whole thing and then i said you know like in software there is a um, there is a process you you follow a certain process to get a product you know you cannot just get a get to a good product just like that so you have to have the the right requirement you have to get the requirements you have to do a proper design you have to do the prototyping uh you have to do the testing and all the, all those steps need to be followed so so i basically went back to the drawing board and um, like thought about the requirements for like again like what exactly i was trying to do and and then uh, as i said i had the good sense to go and find good designers so uh so i searched for them and i found some good designers um so like our footwear designers are actually based in france and our apparel designer is based in scotland uh so so i i got to them uh and then um i guess through some references we got to the the great like very good factories and and then uh, and then from there on uh it we started i guess rolling and we we got some credibility we did some we did our initial design and we got some credibility and then we were able to um, convince like vibram and event and all of them to partner with us and uh, and then basically we started we got going from there so made our samples and prototypes and went through multiple cycles of that uh, and then after that you know like the testing phase uh, field testing uh, and then then i displayed them at a trade show here like the outdoor retailer uh we i exhibited at the outdoor retailer in 2015 actually yeah. and from there then i got the idea that maybe i should do a kickstarter because because i had no money <laughs> i had no money <laughs> right. to produce <laughs> right right so uh, so i i said okay let us do a kickstarter and then you know so i prepared for that and then in 2016 we did the kickstarter and we raised some money and then i put some more money inside and then we got into production So, so yeah that's how it sort of went for the first two years now in bringing out a partner like vibram who is obviously pretty well established in making rubber soles for footwear um how do you approach a company of that size and convince them to to trust and work with you right actually i was i was very afraid i was like hey they are not never going to work with me i mean i'm just a i mean small you know one person a startup no money no background is like uh but but the good thing was that you know like our designers who i hired uh were working with vibram so uh so, so the vibram italy folks knew them very well and uh, so they introduced us uh to vibram and then vibram basically asked us for the designs hey give us the design initial design and so once we finished the initial design uh, so i passed that along to the vibram team they really liked the design and 
And at that point, they gave me a license for one year. They said, okay, we will give you a license for one year. We will see how it goes. And then uh, we'll see. And then the other thing was that the factory, uh, so so we are, I don't know if I mentioned, so our footwear factory is actually in Italy. And uh, so it's one of the, the big ones there. And uh, so that also helped a lot that we were working with a factory, which was, which works very well with Vibram. I mean, they have a strong relationship with Vibram. So both of them, you know, gave Vibram a lot of confidence and, and they, they decided to uh, partner with us. Uh, so yeah, so I got a lot of credibility from the designers and the factory. That's interesting. So they give you the one-year trial period and what were they looking for in terms of continuing the relationship? Selling a large number of shoes or, you know, the overall quality? What were they really measuring um, your relationship with them by? I think they were measured. They were really looking at us like whether we are a, whether we are a serious partner or not. And uh, so because because when I first approached them, I was actually thinking about India. So we were talking about launching in India. And uh, so and they had never worked with the Indian um, sort of. I don't know if they actually have any partner in India. So so we were we were very new and uh, they were like we don't know who these guys are I don't know like we don't know what they will do hopefully they don't fit our product or something you know so all those kind of thoughts might have been going on in their head so I think the first like, the thing what they were trying to see was that where were we serious and uh, uh, were we going to do a good job of it you know uh, and and that's where you know getting those designers and getting the great great design initially and having a trusted factory basically got them over the the hump that yes so it was not really about the volumes because they did not they never asked me about how much volume i was going to produce uh, they they were more like uh what are we going to do a good job or is this just going to you know bring a bad name to their brand uh so so uh, so we were able to sort of convince them that hey, we are we are being serious and we are trying to make a serious product, and and they were okay with that. That's interesting. Okay, so you get the partnership, you final, you go through uh, prototyping, which takes you about two years, and then you launch a Kickstarter in 2016, raise a little over sixty six thousand um, dollars. What happened next? What was the next step? Yeah, so so Kickstarter and Indiegogo, we we basically raised like eighty thousand dollars from both of them together. Uh, and the next step, the next step was uh, we go into production. And uh, so I I placed the order for the the boots and the jackets, and uh, um, so the so the the thing was that like 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 uh, the thing was that I I showed up too many I, I i showed too many products in the kickstarter yeah so there were, there right, were right. too many products and we took orders for too many products so so it it hurt us in two ways one was that you know people were confused yeah in the kickstarter yeah like which product uh, to focus on and then now we have so many products that we need to produce and we not don't necessarily have that much quantity uh, so the amount of capital needed was actually uh, turned out to be much higher than what I had raised. Uh, 
so that became the the big thing okay how am i going to find the money the rest of the money <laughs> no. so so the the orders were placed and the production started and all that and i was still trying to uh, to find the money so somehow basically you know i scrounged together put all my savings all my 401k and all my credit cards and personal loans and whatever you could think of you know uh so i put all of that together and um and and then the kickstarter money and that's how we barely made the payment for for the boots and for the jackets so both Sounds of like them. a stressful period of time <laughs> oh you bet <laughs> you bet it was stressful and then so so it was me. So the both the products were produ- like the. So we produced how many? I think we produced four or five jackets uh, and and two pair of boots. So we have all these uh, product which is now on a ship and coming to US. And I actually did not have money to pay the customs duty. So I, I already had put all my money to to pay the factory, and now I did not have money for customs duty. <laughs> so what did you do? <laughs> <laughs> I was, so, I mean, I was still trying to find that that money and all that, and and basically, you know, at the at the basically like the very last day, uh, it's like a friend of mine, and and she just basically said, okay, fine, I will pay, <laughs> and she, you know, uh, put down the 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 customs money, and we finally got it out of customs, you know, yeah. So so yeah, so she pulled our chestnuts out of the fire. Yeah, so so we got the product and uh, and so um, I had you know okay fine we got the product we have to ship to our backers and I had kept one credit card specifically for this that okay I have to ship to my backers and so I started shipping and promptly you know I mean it's expensive to ship internationally especially and i promptly you know finished my credit card i mean maxed out the last remaining credit card i had no i mean no money left and uh, and then um, so i basically like i uh, so we started selling amazon got some money from amazon and it's like okay i'm getting money from amazon i'm using it to pay the shipping for the rest of the kickstarter packers and uh, that's how we you know we finally uh, got the products out, and uh, I mean, I wrote I wrote a blog post about this also. That you know, then there was this one day, one day in uh, in July of 2017. Yeah, so this is when we were still shipping to our Kickstarter backers, and and it was like you know, um, so my wife she's a professor, so she she gets no salary during the summer. And so there was this one, we got to this point at that that my personal bank account was less than a dollar. Her personal bank account was less than a dollar. My business bank account was less than a dollar. And all my credit cards were maxed out. It's like nothing. Wow, you know? that is stressful. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that is not, so like... Uh, I had to make some some payments, so I made the payment, and you know it, it went below that one dollar mark, and you know, so just then, you know, my wife uh, she called out from the kitchen saying, "Hey, we finished the milk for our daughter," and I was like, "Hey, I don't know," and you know, all our everything is below one dollar. I don't know. So I mean, like, she came over, she looked at me, and I mean, she told you know what happened. 
and she said hey well i guess it is what it is and and she went back and and i mean the next day my daughter was like hey i want milk and we had no milk uh, and uh, so i i went so basically like i mean she was 3 years old so i mean you can't say you yeah, know no to her so i went around house looking for change and then i found some you know some like 5 7 and then we you know got the milk for her uh, we got through the the next 3 4 days uh, till the our next payment from amazon arrived and uh, and uh, yeah and after that i guess the whole thing you know kept moving and uh, yeah we are still moving <laughs> uh, so yeah so that's how we got through that uh, stage and uh, we have been uh we continue to sell on amazon and on our website and yeah so we are uh, now a year and a half uh, after that mm. so amazon selling on amazon is what really helped you get through that tight period is is that really what you would attribute um you know getting through that period yes i mean we because we didn't have any distribution partners like we don't have any retail stores uh, working with us right now so it's uh, so it was mostly amazon and our website and and again because there was hardly any name recognition nobody knows who mishmita ken is and nobody knows about our products at at least at that time so it was essentially amazon uh, that we started on and uh, uh, so yeah so I, we put up the products there then i was doing the advertising and we we got our initial uh, sales and initial start from there we got some money from there and that yeah that got us through the 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 very first uh uh stage now from uh, from that point where you had less than a dollar in your bank account to today what what was that part like what what is the the next chapter been so i mean um so <laughs> i mean it, some some yeah, it's still uh, it's still a curve um So after that, so our sales picked up on Amazon, and we started getting some money from there. And uh, gradually, I mean, the products have been getting great reviews. So the 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 customers, our initial customers, have been uh, have been writing great reviews, and that has become like the again the starting point. So like the word of mouth, and um, and then we we give the products out for testing. uh and uh, uh so like men's health uh uh in one of their articles they called it the best backpacking boot uh last year and then this year i mean there's a there's a magazine in uh, alaska called fish alaska so it uh, chose us for the editor's choice award and and then in june uh backpacker featured both of our boots uh so they called one of them as the like the most breathable waterproof boot and the second one was uh, picked as the gear of the week uh so both of them got featured so so we have been getting uh, like great reviews and now getting some um, press also from them from the industry leaders uh so that has gradually started to build up a little bit of a uh, recognition uh and uh now um 
And and this year, in 2018, we also started advertising uh, in print. So we actually advertised in, in Backpacker uh, two, three times, two times, actually. And, and in some of the smaller print magazines. And uh, so all of that is building up the, the brand recognition. Uh, so now um, uh, our website is becoming more significant like the sales on our website are becoming more significant uh so i like this year we are around uh, almost uh, up 150 percent from last year so which is uh pretty good uh so yeah we, we continue on that path and uh, uh so we are still trying to build up that brand recognition and uh, and, and then we are working on some new products uh hopefully next year and next to next year. Mm. Yeah, I guess it really helps when you have a good product, right? <laughs> oh, yes, yes. You know, that's, so that's, I mean, that's one thing, one thing I <laughs> learned about the, the whole startup business is that it very soon becomes a reflection of, you know, I mean, it's almost a reflection of me uh, that it's like, okay, we are going to make a great product, but I absolutely suck at marketing. So it, just has to sell itself. <laughs> no, it's true. It's true. Like you, if you make a truly, a truly great product, mm-hmm. and you just put it in pe- in people's hands that would use it, they're going to tell people, and you're going to notice it start to sell. You know. Uh, like, so yeah, so that's that's what's happening. So now gradually, you know that that name is spreading, and 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 people are you know. No, I no, I have started getting customers who who say that hey, I was on a hike, and we got another hiker. Who really was? Who really praised the the boots? And that's why I'm coming to buy buy your product. So so we are uh, getting to starting to get to that stage. Mm. Now, did you have any mentors uh, over the since you got started in 2014 to today that really helped you take the brand um, you know to where it is now? Um, I mean, mostly it has been me and just basically my friends who have been helping me along the way. So it's um, not as much in the mentors in the industry, but I should also say that, you know, like our partners, uh, Vibram and Event have actually been very helpful, uh, both of them. And uh, even when uh, we have not been able to afford a booth and exhibit ourselves, uh, they have been um, like promoting our products in their booths and, and displaying them and uh, talking about them and their their PR person uh, has been helping us get the word out. Um, so our partners have been very helpful, I should say. So, um, uh, yeah, so I can't think of a mentor as such uh, uh, on the top of my head. Now, I, I want to talk about um, sustainability. Now, obviously, it took you a little over two years to sort of prototype and fine-tune your products, and they're made in Italy and Vietnam. How do you stay on top of, um, or I guess keep t- keep sustainability top of mind when manufacturing, you know, boots and um, soft goods? Right. So, I mean, again, that's because I, I am very much uh, in love with nature, and this is something uh, very important to me. Uh, so, one part of it, like like the the first part of it is that, you know, again, we, uh, by making a great product, which is actually very, uh, I mean, very durable and great quality, 
so uh, so we start to get away from this culture of just you know just using it for a short while and then throwing it away i would i would rather make a product which you can wear for the next 10 years i mean yeah i won't make a lot of money on it but uh, but at least you know if you are if you are uh, using any of our product i would rather want you to be able to really i mean uh, use it for a long time and maybe even pass it on in your family and and i think i'm very much into that uh, reuse and and recycle uh, mentality uh, so that's that's one thing i really focus on making a great product uh, which lasts and uh, uh, that's the first thing and then um, and 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 this goes into it that to do that you have to use the best possible uh, quality uh, materials and uh, and and yeah and sustainable materials um, so by making it in italy and using the best uh, uh, like the leather is actually comes from italy and all that so using the using the great materials helps and then in in our factory in vietnam is also one of the uh, high the highest rated factories uh, and it is uh, both uh, it is uh, a rap certified and it is a fair wear certified uh, factory and all our uh, all of our uh, uh, fabrics etc they are all blue sign um, certified um, again coming from some of the best factories uh, who are following the highest possible standards? Uh, like even on, for example, the the DWR. So we are transitioning to the uh, we are transitioned to the 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 more sustainable DWRs, and uh, so yeah, we are trying to uh, use the more the best possible uh, most sustainable uh, materials around. What advice would you give to someone that wanted to start a business, whether it was in the outdoor space or just really a business in general? Um, so one, so I mean, a lot of things I could say, one thing I will say is that, yeah, you should spend a lot of time talking to your customers and listening to them. I think that's probably the, the, the best advice I could give, um, uh, uh, like it's like in, in Mishmi Takin, uh, like in a lot of other companies, for example, you you see that the customer service is handed off to uh, handed off to you know some third party or some lowly person, but uh, but here at Mishmit again, I really try to you know I mean I keep I keep that myself you know I talk to my customers, uh, and, and try to uh, build that personal relationship with them and to listen to what they are saying. Uh, so I I think that is a very important thing for uh, entrepreneurs to to listen to the market to the listen to the customer. And uh, um, second thing, which sort of um, you learn in mountaineering also, and 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 I I learned in business as well is about uh, is about risk and about managing risk uh, that you don't try. I mean. Your startup is uh, there are so many factors which are trying to kill it, and and you have to make it survive. and And one thing is you don't try to take uh, too much, you know. You don't try to do things with, like you don't try to increase your chance of, of failure. You, you try to manage the risk um, in a way that you can survive. Um, right. Right. 
and uh, so it's not blind risk taking it is very much knowing you know how much far you can go what you can do what your skill level is what what uh, uh, like what your financial capacity is and all those things and uh, so relating it to my own experience you know by by putting so many products in the kickstarter i basically went uh, too far and and that could have killed us and uh, you know i barely survived that and and because i put myself financially like out too far and that's not something you should do i mean finances is one thing which every entrepreneur struggles with and you have to be really uh, careful about that bet you won't make that mistake again <laughs> <laughs> i hope i hope not <laughs> at least not in the same way <laughs> <laughs> not, not at least the same way but yeah um but yeah like uh, as in mountaineering, you don't try to you don't try to take blind risks. I mean, you don't try to climb up <laughs> something which you. Uh, I mean, so yeah, you have to be really. Uh, you really have to understand what you are up against, and otherwise you will die. Uh, this is very so. true. So, wh- where do you see Mishmatak um, in in the next year, five years, ten years down the road? So I I, I want. To make Mishmitaken into a strong brand, you know, strong worldwide brand, uh, and I see myself uh, or Mishmitaken as you know, uh, in the mold of Apple of your um, Apple of few years ago, where you know you keep you keep you come up with you know such uh, great innovative products, you know that the people uh, really look look up to your brand and. Uh, that's the brand we. Uh, that's the kind of brand we want to be, or I want to be. I want Mishmitaken to be, and so my focus uh, going forward is uh, again on like building great products and uh, you know, uh, and listening very closely to what the customers want. So one so. One thing which I have noticed uh, with big brands is that, you know, they, like a lot of them, for example, will design for, let us say, you know, they will design for, let us say, New York and Boston. So the product which works very well there. But then they will try to sell it, for example, say in Tampa or say in India, where the conditions are very different. And and, uh, so they are not really thinking about the customer in those places and and that puts them so they, they they act as a global brand but they don't have that local input they don't really understand right. Right. local environment and i think that is their weakness <laughs> yeah. in that sense we want to be more like mcdonald's uh where like you know the mcdonald's is is here in us as well as in india but the products you see in mcdonald's india are distinctly different from the products you see in mcdonald's us and and that is why that is and that is because mcdonald's even though is a global company is actually paying a lot of attention to that local environment uh so that is where i think we want to be uh and uh and that is how we are going to develop our uh, additional products. Um, so we we have a new product. I mean, we have a couple of new products, but one which I'm like most excited about is that is uh, we are designing a a footwear uh, specifically for sand. You know, like optimized for sandy environment. Uh, 
and uh, and the, like the original idea actually came from a friend in um, Saudi Arabia and he was like you know Saudi Arabia is all desert like all sand but there is no shoe which actually works here and you whatever you wear it you sink into the sand and the sand comes inside the shoe and you know it rubs against your feet and it's terrible you can't walk all that and but nobody thinks about it and right. and that's a really that's a really good point yeah and and yeah so you have nike selling there for example but you know they are selling the same sneaker which actually doesn't work and uh, so so that's the the shoe like so that so we are designing specifically for that uh, environment and um, so like we we talked to there is a there's a sahara marathon um which happens in Morocco. So, so we had, we had basically like we talked to them and then we were designing the shoe so that, you know, you could wear it in that Sahara Marathon. <laughs> uh, That's so, really awesome. so, so yeah, so we are very excited about that product and it's coming from a very different perspective and, and to, to think of it, there is plenty of sand in us, right? I mean, there are, beaches oh, yeah. <laughs> all, there are plenty of beaches all over uh, where it could be used. So yeah, so we are coming out with this footwear and it's going to have, we just finished the initial design. So it's going to have, you know, like a, a sandproof, like sandproof fabric. Um, so, so you have heard of waterproof, you have heard of windproof. Now we are going to use a sandproof fabric uh, to make that uh, shoe. Well, I'm really excited to see what that looks like. <laughs> yeah, so... So yeah, so so that's the that's the idea about you know listening to different environments and coming up with different products which others have not thought about and and that's that's how I I see Mishmita in uh, growing in future. That's really awesome. Well, I'm really excited to see um, that new shoe and everything else that you guys have coming down uh, the pipeline. Um, now, for anyone listening, between January 1st and January 29th, they can actually enter to win a uh, pair of hiking boots um, from Mishmatakin. Um, and with that, uh, Kapil, I want to thank you so much for taking the time to come on the podcast, share your story, um, everything that you have been working on for the last couple of years, and uh, giving us a little sneak peek of what's coming in the future. Um, really, thanks again for coming on the show. Thanks, Josh. Yeah, it was a pleasure to talk to you. And uh, thanks to all the listeners. And we, uh, we hope you like our products as well. If you enjoyed today's podcast episode, then we would be incredibly appreciative if you could log on to iTunes and leave us a quick review. This really helps us get noticed by other podcast listeners like yourself. And if you know anyone that would benefit from this episode, then please share it along. Well, that wraps up this episode of the Ready Ready Podcast. We'll catch you guys next week.